Okay, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with the breaking news here. The federal Justin Trudeau government has reached an agreement with Google yeah. over the Online News Act. So this would see Canadian news now continue to be shared on Google platforms, including Facebook. The company now will make pay- annual payments to Canadian news companies of around $100 million a year. This is good news. It is. Right? It's great news. It's good. Yeah, but I think, you know, um, the Fed's budged here. The, the number there is more along the lines of what Google was talking about. Yeah. I think the Feds were looking for 172 Yeah, million. the Feds were saying 172 Yeah, and so they settled for Google's number, which, yeah. is, which is 100 I mean, I'm talking about our companies people years ago saying dealing with organizations like Google and Facebook is like dealing with a totalitarian regime. I mean, yeah. it's like playing poker. Where they've got fifty-one cards and you've got one. Yeah, you know they've got the power. They've got the power, but yeah. it's good. So this was hurting, um, particularly smaller news outlets yeah. significantly, uh, who could not absorb the loss of uh, of that type of revenue or audience, um, rather than larger outfits. So it's it's good news. Yeah, no, that really is, and it looked like I think the government had had figured would be this would be an easier set in negotiations when they, when this began because the earlier Google had earlier done a deal in Australia mm-hmm. and I, I think the Trudeau government was looking at that precedent and saying well you know we can face down Google here too and get sure. them to do a deal here and Google played hardball man well yeah I they mean, played again, hardball they've got they've got all the leverage yeah you know the government really doesn't have a, a heck of a lot but I think Google also realizes it can't behave as a as a 100 percent um, monolith organization. It's an own interest to budget a little bit here and there, but they don't well, seem to have moved much here. Well, you know, the ability to post Canadian news links and content on on Facebook is probably not a bad thing for Google either. Yeah. I mean, it just increases their yeah. traffic, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, so I think, uh, so even $100 million is more than zero. Yeah. You know, um, I was actually surprised when Google's, when was revealed Google was willing to uh, spend even that. Yeah, I thought they. Yeah, I thought maybe Google. Yeah, I thought Google was just going to maybe come walk away from this completely. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that that is uh, interesting, and I think some good news. All right, let's talk about the um, the city of Surrey here. You covered this in the Global News Hour the other night. The continuing, never-ending battle over policing in the city of Surrey. So Brenda Locke, the Surrey mayor and her council, they want to keep the RCMP, the province, trying to force through this continuing transition to Surrey Mm -hmm. Police Service. And Farnworth, the, the public safety minister, disclosing the other day that Surrey now basically, what, taking their ball and going home? They're just refusing to even participate they're in not, any meetings on this? Yeah, so they're not participating in the uh, talks about the transition process. Uh, but the, from their point of view, Brandon Locke's point of view, is that um, they're also tied up in court. And yeah. the court challenge has to work its way through before they start participating. It was interesting yesterday. It was fascinating yesterday. Out of the blue, unannounced. Who shows up at the legislature but Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke? Mm. Heads were turned. Yeah. <laughs> she walked what are you the doing here? And I had a nice chat with her. She was very pleasant. Uh, she was here. To, uh, she had a meeting with Ravi Kalon, uh, the housing minister, on housing. Um, so when you, when you drill down, housing and schools are bigger issues in Surrey than policing. Uh, like with this RCMP or Surrey Police Service. I mean, she, the growth in Surrey is phenomenal. Uh, she's yeah. quite concerned about the housing legislation. Uh, Sur- Surrey's got a lot of green fields, a lot of um, sort of ru- semi-rural uh, land where housing is going to go. But she points out there's no hydro service. There's no sewer lines. 
Uh, there's no water lines. So she's worried about that dense force density? Yes, and I think she had a really good point. I, yeah, I, mean, I talked to her, you know, it's, it's great that if she, and we've said this before, if you just focus on policing and have fights on that one issue, you don't get work done on the other issues. And it was, for the people serious, they should be glad that she was here yesterday. She had a productive meeting with Ravi Kalon on housing. Um, she was, I think she met with others. She was walking around the building all day. She was introducing the legislature. Mm. Um, Who introduced her? The government or the other side? No, it was. I'm not entirely sure. United. It was was either Sterko or Ralston, one or the other. Yeah. It was a Surrey MLA. Yeah. Uh, Of course. Of course, she's a a former liberal MLA. So. Yeah, uh, we were joking with her. She could have sat on the floor of the House as a former member, and she said, no, I don't think. Oh, (laughs) Oh, okay. So she was here meeting about housing. She wasn't here meeting about policing. Yeah. No meetings with Mike Farnworth. Um, okay. Not sure they even bumped into each other in the hallway, but it was an interesting dynamic to suddenly see Brenda Locke here for the first time, I think, since she became mayor. Okay, let's listen to Farnworth here. So here's the public safety minister here talking about a Surrey. Now, that's interesting. They're meeting about housing, apparently not meeting about this policing fight. Here's Farnworth. Uh, a, a lot of meetings uh, underway, tripartite meetings, where the city has been uh, participating. Uh, but in the last while, uh, the uh, city uh, has not been participating, uh, even though you know the, the legislation is clear. Surrey will be policed by the Surrey Police Service. Yeah, he's saying, well, we've already brought the hammer down on them. Why don't they want to meet with us now? Well, don't I, they realize and, and we that, hold the hammer here? That position may change. You know, Remember, there's $150 million hanging out there. Yeah. That's going to be part of this budget um, over over a period of years. And you'd think Surrey would want some input into how that money's spent. Yeah. So I still think they're going to be at the table at some point. And I think yesterday may have been a signal that maybe things are, are softening a bit here. Okay. Where, mm. you know, um, Rashna Singh, who's an MLA in, in Surrey, I'm standing there talking to Brenda Locke. She comes up and gives Brenda Locke a big hug. Okay. You know, so... and. You know, there there was pretty warm reception okay. uh, for her. Interesting. Okay, uh, we continue to follow that one. Let me play a clip here for you of Andrew Weaver, the former uh, Green Party leader. He was my first guest here this morning. So we talked about Clean BC. This is the government's climate change plan to drastically drive down carbon emissions by what forty percent? Forty percent by twenty thirty. And we've done about one percent so far. And you've got the BC Maybe business. Two. Maybe two? Okay, maybe two. Offsets and four. Okay, maybe two. We only got 38 more to go. And the BC Business Council saying, look, if you do this, you actually try to do this plan, you're going to devastate the economy here. But billions of dollars in lost gross domestic product. And I put that to Weaver. He was actually one of the guys who, who, who did this plan with Horgan, right, yeah. when he had a deal with Horgan. So here is Weaver. I put it to him. Won't this plan devastate the economy? That's what big business is saying. Here's what he says. These are, this is the kind of nonsense that people put out when they really just want to continue uh, down the same path they've always been doing. It's actually a disincentive for innovation. The whole, the whole philosophy behind Clean BC is British Columbia's economy is grounded in innovation. Okay, so he says it's just nonsense. This actually be good for the economy. Well, first of all, does anyone really think we're going to hit 40%? I mean, these targets are set. They're never, you and I have talked about this before. Whatever international hit. conferences or whatever, they're never met. They're never yeah. hit. So you put that aside. But the other thing, and this is this came up, this has been percolating in the background. It came out as uh, out as part of the drop memo from Energy Minister Josie Osborne. Is part, a, a core part of the clean energy is to massive electrification 
of yes. the economy. Right. Where is the electricity going to come from? Right. That's the big conundrum is that some of these big projects and grand visions are on the table. Uh, you've got a, um, a hydrogen cell plant up north. Sounds great. You know, it needs a massive amount of electrification. Where does it come from? Electric vehicles, uh, massive amount of electrification. Uh, Site C is not big enough, doesn't provide and won't provide enough electricity to meet all these demands. And that's a Which challenge. Weaver opposed, by the way. I reminded him he opposed yeah, the site. Yeah. Well, now that the, the, the call is for more, so Hydro's got an energy call out next spring uh, that apparently is going to be all wind farms, yeah. which are not built yet. Uh, there's, no more hy- there's no more hydro. There's no more ru- runner rivers done. Uh, dams are done. Everything has to be either wind or solar. And it looks like it's going to be wind, but the challenge is can we build enough wind farms and will they be accepted by the local communities in which they are built uh, to provide enough electricity for the grid with a growing population and a shift away to, or towards massive electrification. The question of uh, that clean energy supply is a real humdinger. Yeah. Okay, real quickly, new opinion poll, another bad one for Justin Trudeau. This one shows around three-quarters of Canadians want him to quit. They want him to take yeah. a walk in the snow like his dad did and just, just go away. Now, here is Trudeau. He was asked the other day, are you a, a political liability now for the federal liberals in the government? Here's what he said. Yes, there are people who are hurting. There are people who are lashing out. And we need to be there to reassure them. So I'm not giving up on anyone. I'm going to continue working hard every day. It's not going anywhere. Talking to my colleagues and I always say that this has become kind of a personal thing with him about Poliev. Mm. He, doesn't, he wants to take Poliev on in an election and make it one-on-one. And he thinks he can beat him. Um, the polls are pretty daunting. I, I think this one, it, this is from Ipsos, I think it's a 16-point lead. Wow. For uh, for pure Poliev. This would be an upset. This would be like Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson upset. Here. Well, another boxing reference that many viewers will not, will not get. Will not get. Well, everyone knows that one. That was <laughs> the biggest upset ever. Um, yeah, 16 points, pretty big. And he leads, he's got a big lead in BC. Yeah. He's got a, uh, Quebec is the one area of solace for the Liberals. They still are, are yes. very competitive there. Yes. But uh, conservatives look to run the table in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. Much of BC, yeah. and the uh, NDP is under threat in BC, according to these polls. It's, a lot of NDP seats could be vanquished as a result of the Conservatives. Got open phone lines right now. Normally, I say the name Justin Trudeau, and the board lights up here. But <laughs> I've got uh, I've got open phone lines. So if you phone now, you will get through six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. That, that poll we were discussing about that says three-quarters of Canadians want Justin Trudeau to resign there, I think it broke it down a bit by party preference as well. And it seems like a, a large a large percentage of federal liberals also oh, want him gone, right? Yeah, and that no- number seems to be growing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the demographics right across the board are not working for Trudeau geographically, not working for him. Um, hard to see any upside in any. And this isn't a rogue poll. This is similar to. This is an Ipsos poll, but it's very similar to uh, Abacus data, uh, Leger polls, uh, Angus Reid. They all have this consistent finding that that conservative lead 
it used to be three points. Yeah. Well, first they were statistically tied, just uh, yes. I think a little more than a year ago. Sure. And that gap is starting to widen. It's now up to sixteen points, yeah. and every poll seems to it just seems to widen a little bit. So people want to change, right? He's getting no traction at all. No. And you got to fi- figure it. Now it'd be interesting at some point whether the Liberal Caucus starts talking publicly. Yes. Not well, the, you've got a liberal senator yeah. who's beaked well, off. Uh, you got the senator, but yeah. the Senate's not the caucus. You got to have the caucus, and if yeah. the caucus starts speaking out, yeah. then the end is not. Will there be somebody who goes out there, who goes first out there? And so, we, we've seen this in BC a number of times. Yes, where we've had MLAs say the leader's got to go, and yeah. uh, well, we haven't seen that yet federally. Okay. To your calls, George and Nanaimo. George, are you going to bust my balls here again about oh, this email? I'm actually going to apologize, Mike. I didn't. Oh, are you okay? Feeling. Because you've been you've been calling here and, and busting my balls here about your uh, your email uh, that I hadn't returned your email. I finally looked at. I asked you to send me the email. I look at your email, and it was an insulting email you sent to me and to my colleagues well, was, as well. well anyway, I go ahead. Go ahead. To, no, I was trying to appeal to reporter Mike. Because I do believe this is a very serious issue that's going to affect a lot of people. And yes, you have talked to like the the labor lawyer fellow and a couple of other people. You're talking about you're talking that, about the door, the uh, the gig economy stuff. And yes. you're you're are you a DoorDash driver? Is that I, your deal? I am. Yeah. I okay. Am. What what is your what is your concern about the what the government has done for DoorDash drivers? Okay, if they put this legislation through. Because right now, the way the system works, it works well for all concerned. We make money, DoorDash makes money, and the people we deliver for get their stuff delivered, and they make money. But if they try to propose, they try to turn this into like a regular business model where we're get where we're being paid to sit around while we're waiting for deliveries. DoorDash That's not how not it works. Do that. That's uh, specifically get- not how it works. George, are you paying attention to what the government has done here? They brought in minimum wage for while you're doing a delivery. You wouldn't be paid that, that salary while you're waiting for a call. You, you know yeah, that, I right? Heard, I heard the interview. He said we were going to be guaranteed $20.10 an hour. Whether while you're we on a delivery. delivery or not. They're not no, 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 George. No, 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 man. Listen, you would be paid the 20 bucks an hour while you're on a delivery. While you're waiting for a delivery, you would not be paid. We make more than that now if we get enough deliveries in an hour. We don't need them to come in and stir the pot up. We're all very happy under the current system. We didn't ask for any of this. Okay. All right, George. Thank you for the call. Well, I think I think a lot of people did ask for some, some sort of regulatory Regime. This is a new part of the economy, the gig economy. It's yeah, relatively in its infancy, uh, so there's bound to be some regulations um, to come in here. It was inevitable. You're going to see some. Now, I think uh, we'll see how this works. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some amendments next year that address some unforeseen circumstances. But I think uh, people are fooling themselves to think the gig economy was just going to go continue unfettered. 